0: Hello, we are your Such a Nightmare co-hosts, Catherine Troyer and Anthony Tresca, and welcome to another episode of Eerie Extras, which is essentially where we do all the things we can't fit in anywhere else.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And today's Eerie Extra is about the latest horror release of 2021. That's right. Today we're going to be talking about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It.
0: Excellent. So this is June 4th. 2021. Mm -hmm. So the film has just come out, um,
1: literally today. Yes. We
0: have, uh, both of us watched it at home, right? You didn't go to the theater for this one. Did
1: you? No, no. I watched it on HBO Max. Yes. Yeah. Even though I'm excited to be back in the theater, it's,
0: there's something about like being able to wear my super comfy pants, right? Like,
1: yeah. There was something really nice about just being able to... So, I hadn't seen the second Conjuring uh, until today, and I wanted to be caught up at least in the main storyline. And yes. so, uh, I was on HBO Max, and then I just watched... I watched The Conjuring 2, and then didn't have to get up off my couch and just watched The Conjuring 3. Yeah. So, pretty That's... good. It's a... Uh, <laughs> it's HBO a, Max yeah. execs, if you're watching, I do in fact like that... Um, you can just watch it. On the, I know. On, in I know. Sometimes app, and it's just date.
0: sometimes Ugh. it's just really nice. Um, so, for those of you watching this episode, we have done an actual podcast episode on The Conjuring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and just for those of you that listened to that episode a while ago, or for maybe those of you that are new and haven't had a chance to listen to it, I thought, Anthony, maybe we could begin by just kind of like making sure people knew where we felt about The Conjuring. Um, and then we can talk briefly about what you thought of *Conjuring* too, and then we'll we'll jump into *Devil Made Me Do It*.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, we have yeah, we have full episode over the *Conjuring*, but it's good. I like it's a good it's a really good gothic horror. It, um, I mean, very well executed from a technical standpoint. It's really really competently made. However. It's nothing really special. It's just, it, you know, outside of some of the acting, it's, it's not really all that different from any other mainstream kind of like jump scare horror film.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of the, the the words that you said that that sounds so innocent but is actually kind of scathing, right? as competent, um, and that really yeah. <laughs> really good um, description of the film. There's some lovely cinematography. There's a, a couple scenes like the clapping game scene that. Is, mm-hmm. um, Kind of creepy, and I, I like the fact you use the word gothic. But if you listen to that episode, um, I feel like the the number one thing that we talk about is really the idea that um, it's an affirmative film, right? Yeah. Um, and so neither you nor I are, are really. Big believers that something can be truly horror and also be affirmative um, mm-hmm. I in a previous episode I made the very bold statement that Stephen King may not be writing like true horror because everything he's writing is so affirmative at the end of the day I love him but I'm not sure it's it's horror
1: yeah I mean he's a gr- he can he can be a good writer while at the same time not really uh, always writing horror
0: and and what it really is right is, is the conjuring the three films, much more than The Conjuring verse, right? Typically mm-hmm. the three films are so affirmative in terms of like, love will win. Yeah. This family will triumph. This family, I mean, you know, the Warrens as depicted in the Conjuring films might be the most loving cinematic couple of all time. Um, They're very supportive of each other, right? They're like very pure and wholesome. And that's, I think, what the Warrens want to be seen as and so that's that that makes perfect sense but doesn't Mm -hmm. create for a very um terrifying film
1: no because uh in this universe it's pretty much confirmed that god is literally looking out for these two they literally have god on their side in these movies and so you never can there's not a whole lot of like oh i wonder what's gonna happen because you're just like Well, they'll just use their magic god powers, and then they'll be okay.
0: So, I'm a little less uh, <laughs> crusty when it comes to religion than I think you are. Um, I don't mind the the part where they are have the faith in God. What I what I think I have a problem with though is that it's 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 the trickle down effect of the fact that it's because they believe um, in this higher loving benevolent figure. Um, they also believe that the family unit is should be. More or less a mother, father, and children. Mm-hmm. I believe that, like, kind of some specific things about gender um, that kind of are a product of their times, but also yeah. a product of, of their faith. Um, and I think that those elements, you can see them also in The Conjuring 2. So you watched The Conjuring yeah. 2 for the first time today. Tell me about it.
1: You yeah. About it. Well, I mean, uh, The Conjuring 2 is exactly the same as The Conjuring 1, except it is longer. Uh, They cut out less of it, so uh, it's just a little bit worse. But it's fundamentally the exact same story. They open with a cold open that articulates the main theme of the story. Then they go into two parallel stories, both depicting a crisis in the home uh, with the Warrens and then with the family they're trying to help. And then spooky things happen, but everything works out.
0: you know so i absolutely agree with everything you just said i I do want to say though for me there is one marked difference that made um the conjuring too interesting to me at least and that is is that i felt like it was a more explicit statement about class um and and a more explicit statement about um sort of urban conditions because Mm -hmm. i've always you know thought about the fact like well why are these people just not leaving right why Let you move, and this film offers us a reason. It says because if you financially cannot afford to live anywhere else, you cannot afford to live anywhere else. And so I thought, I thought there's a way that the Conjuring Two can be read as um, the sort of like really interesting whether or not this is what the film intended, metaphor for things like domestic abuse. Like, why would you stay with them? Why would you keep doing this? Because at this po- point in time, I don't feel like I have anywhere else to go. So mm-hmm. I found that interesting, um, this sort of besieged nature of Conjuring too.
1: Yeah, um, but... I think I was more interested, what a question that that provoked in me was kind of this weird relationship that the film has in with class, because in both of the first two, Conjuring films, it's these kind of at least upper middle class uh, individuals coming in to help mm-hmm. these poor people who are unable to deal with the demons mm-hmm. at home in the same way they are. So it, I was kind of actually, uh, I was like, maybe, I don't know if it's necessarily such a positive portrayal of class relations, but more of it's just like a upper the middle class is like looking down on the lower class. Uh, yeah. class conflict, so And I was like, I don't I know don't... if...
0: I don't know if I think it's a, a, a good portrayal of class. What I think it is, is I think it's a, it's a pretty explicit one in a way that I feel like most um, possession narratives are not.
1: Mm-hmm. It,
0: like because most possession narratives just kind of skip over that altogether or tend to have sort of more affluent people that are experiencing um, the possession or super poor, but never that sort of like lower middle class. Mm-hmm. of that right gets us to to the actual thing that we're going to be talking about today which is uh the conjuring the devil made me do it
1: yes yes <laughs> so thoughts well it's at least slightly different than the than the clear structure of the first two films and I mean, although it does start with the cold open that reveals the main themes in the exact same way that the previous two films has, and then rolls to that case, intro to the case thing, and then the main titles, and then into the, the story. But it's a little, I would say, less focused than the other two Conjuring films. It, kind, it There's a lot more just kind of like, they're going off and doing a wacky side thing quest except it's horror not wacky they don't intend it to be wacky but because it's kind of so random and out there sometimes they do feel wacky
0: (laughs) for me that that actually that made it less less enjoyable because you know what it kind of felt like Mm. like the sketch um the sketch style in the comedy improv series uh whose line is it anyway where they act Mm -hmm. and then someone calls out like um, filmed war. And so then suddenly they have to act film noir and then they're like, thriller, like it felt like every few minutes, the filmmakers were like, but what if we made this into a crime procedural? And then it's like, they really yeah. a few minutes in, you know, that's actually not going to work for us. What if we made it into? um, And, and I, I actually got really excited at first when I saw that it was the crime procedural because I was like, no, that's interesting to see, watch an entire possession narrative through this like court case, I thought that yeah. we were gonna get to see that's, it. I mean,
1: that's what I thought that's what the film clearly introduced yes. but then didn't commit to. I which, you know, it would have been really interesting to see. Uh but and I'm I'm also kind of okay that we didn't because I was kind of like, this feels very similar to uh, a God's Not Dead 2. That I don't know if you have heard or seen of that film. It's a religious film in which they essentially are trying to do the opposite: prove the existence of God in mm-hmm. the court in the court of law. And I was like, "We're doing a whole." They're doing a flipped version of it. They're doing the same yeah. narrative, but in the yeah. horror genre now. And I was like, "I don't know if I want to watch a whole movie about that." I mean, that's that's
0: fair. I just I wish they would have committed to one of the the multiple sort of styles that they introduced. Um, because yeah. Any of them had the potential to be at least interesting, but um, it just it just felt like they dropped it as soon as, as it got tricky or as soon as like the new next wacky, you know, like Scooby-Doo-esque style. I mean, it just, I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt very strange to me. And I also felt like the film did that with other elements. So we have that really obviously explicit uh, reference to The Exorcist, right? Um, where it's it's near frame by frame and then and then that's really it right like there's these other ones that i could be like oh well maybe i can see a connection too but like either commit to that and kind of give us that all along um or or don't don't do it except for maybe for trailer purposes right like i just i felt like the film was them just constantly seeing what worked and then deciding maybe all of it worked or none of it worked but they didn't care and then they just released it
1: Yeah, it, uh, again, I, it is incredibly unfocused in that to just like go, to go back to that to, it is, it does not know what it wants to be. I agree, which at least for me individually led to a more entertaining experience, Mm. certainly than watching The Conjuring 2, which just was like a, I was like, it's kind of, it felt very boring, um. But it wasn't not, that does not mean it was, I thought it was a very good film. A lot, there's a yeah. lot of bad in there in, in terms of decisions about characters. And also, I'm not so sure about all, some of the character dynamics that they introduced in the film.
0: Yeah. Um, so I was admittedly very tired when I watched the film. And so I think that mm-hmm. made it worse for me, right? Because like, instead of it being like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do next. It's like, I can't. I don't know where we are now, but I think part of that disconnect was very much in, in the character development because mm-hmm. this was a very different Ed and Lorraine than we saw, for me at least, I felt like in one and two. And some of it was actually just um, elements of mise-en-scene. Like uh, they dyed her hair a little bit grayer mm-hmm. make it a little bit, to make her look a little bit older. Um, but in the process, they just made her look a little bit more washed out. So she kind of always just looked a little sickly even though she wasn't the one who was supposed to be sick, um, and the actress is, is beautiful, so it's it's obviously not the actress, right? There was something kind of going on there, but but I felt like that was but one instance of this bigger sort of like attempt to to give a slightly different characters. When the whole point for watching this film, I feel like, is to return back to Ed and Lorraine.
1: Yeah, I I think it's because a lot has changed in since twenty sixteen when. The Conjuring 2 came out, (laughs) and and things about their relationship where, I mean, he did kind of take, assume a lot more of the... Oh, he's the patriarch. Like, patriarchal standards in that movie where it's like, he is totally in control, he never listens to anything Lorraine says or takes it seriously and constantly puts her in situations that she said she had no desire to be in uh, and ignores her requests Consistent. Almost consistently. Mm -hmm. So this movie kind of decided, okay, or it seems like, they were like, we have, we can't do that nearly as much, so we have to sideline him. And Mm -hmm. so they literally did. They, like, gave him an injury that put him on the sidelines. So they're like, then we can make this a a girl boss movie, a girl boss horror film. Right, she even says, like, hold my
0: purse, right? Yeah,
1: with Lorraine going and just, she's gonna be this really empowered woman, but I guess only, but only, only surface level.
0: Right, because you can't take away the sort of essence of who that character is um, and completely reinvent her mm-hmm. or reinvent the relationship that she clearly seems to have had in real life with her husband, which is right. very much of, of their um, sort of conservative faith and, and also of the times, right? So so I think you're right that, that there's sort of this anachronistic tension here where um, the film is about real life people Who would have had a very specific dynamic but it's not one that sits comfortably in 2021
1: yeah and it felt weird honestly that they kind of in this film decided to change that dynamic that they had previously established that existed in real life through the (laughs) footage that we see uh and in the two previous movies they were then just like we're gonna we're gonna try to mix it up and it's seemingly for no real narrative purposes they didn't really do anything with it it didn't reveal any new themes it was just building off of the same themes of like our love is what gets us through this which is the same thing that they've been saying for the past two movies anyway they just did it where now she's in charge kind of right kind of sometimes but she still ultimately had to have him come in and save the day
0: and so it's weird for the a third film in a franchise to to be trying to like make these really sort of significant changes while also sticking very firmly to to its source, right, of, of the affirmative, um, patriarchal sort of system. Um, and so I don't, again, I just kind of go back to it. It felt like the filmmakers were like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. And then they just kind of saw what happened because there were other things that they didn't consistently hold through. Like um, one of the best moments I thought actually was when they told the prosecutor, or um, the defense attorney, come to dinner with us, right? And if you, And then the next scene is her like saying, you know, by it's not guilty. Like that was that was humorous, and they tried to have these weird sort of humorous moments throughout. But it was again, not consistent. Um, Mm -hmm. Why are you going funny when number one and two couldn't be less funny if you tried?
1: Well, there I I want number two has a single scene that out of no out of nowhere, like out of nowhere, that doesn't match the tone of anything else in the movie between. That kind of that, which is kind of what this this movie does more is more mm-hmm. like that one scene because it's a scene between the mother of these kids and she's talking to someone else and it's just very deadpan humor back and forth where they're just like, oh, oh is that when she's
0: like so doing bad. the the laundry and
1: maybe I yeah you I know, think I... I just watched it today but i I'm already forgetting it which it's is okay. not yeah. a good sign for that movie
0: no it's but not. Uh, it
1: speaks to the quality perhaps of this whole franchise I well get. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Um, no, I was going to say that the thing is, is, is I want to return back to your initial word and that is competent, right? So we have some really lovely actors, mm-hmm. uh, the actress who plays Lorraine, who I can never pronounce her last name correctly. I don't know if you can do it for me.
1: Vera Farmiga, Sh- something sure. like that.
0: And the actor who plays Ed, um, who I also think is lovely. And I always Patrick be- Wilson. Thank you. Um, you know, they are solid actors. One of the things that all of three films have done is they've had some lovely cinematography, some moments That's where you're right. like, this is nice. Um, both this third film, and I don't remember if the second film did it, but the first film have those beautiful tracking shots throughout the house. So mm-hmm. and all of them have a fantastic use of, of non-diegetic music, right? To kind of remind us of the period that we're in and to also create this sort of interesting juxtaposition between the dark narratives and the like, seemingly light music, but when you actually listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. really dark song. So there's so much that these films do competently. It's just that the, the overall effect is a film that is fun to watch. Certainly isn't going to keep me up at night.
1: No, not uh, very scary.
0: Yeah, n- not going to haunt me either in terms of jump scare or in terms of like, I'm going to sit with this deep in the night.
1: Yeah, the, the, even the yeah, that's a good point. Even the the jump scares, which I hate jump scares, but I can acknowledge that the previous two films had done them pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, the jump scares were a lot weaker. There was just they something, were something off. I think about the, the slightly off about the sound mixing in this movie in parts. And
0: and I think also the fact that that even though the the Warrens are investigating. So much of the film feels backward looking instead of forward looking right they're trying to solve this mystery instead of um save the day and so it's harder to have a jump scare retroactively
1: Yeah since you know where it's going mm-hmm. you kind of mm-hmm. it's, Part of it it's like a it's like a joke yeah. jump scares only work when they subvert your expectation but if you exactly. already know where it's going Exactly Exactly you can't really do that Yeah I didn't I hadn't considered the implication of like More heavily leaning into the genre of the mystery genre in this Mm -hmm, film, but mm -hmm. that that it does ruin a lot of the a lot of the suspense and the scares.
0: Do you know though? For everything we've said, I would still take the the three Conjuring film prop the three films proper over all of the other Conjureverse films put together.
1: Yeah, I've I've only watched like one or two of the other ones, and that's all I need to see. I've watched
0: them all, and and if the three conjuring films are competent the other ones are mediocre and and as you know to me there's nothing worse than being mediocre because that there's something about them that feels very um check the boxy right like let's make sure we do this oh good we did this let's what else can we do whereas i feel like in the conjuring films they're at least making an effort at times in places um i do yeah. talk about One other thing, though, because it's actually the part of the three films that I find to be the most disturbing. Um, And that is when at the end of the film, when we get to see photos of um, the people in real life versus the actors, there there's always a moment where they're inserting in that some like actual stills from the film, Mm -hmm. doing it in old black and white grainy that creates this this really um, uncomfortable engagement with truth, right? So this film in particular did it where we would get to see the real um, Arnie, but then real quickly we would split second see a still from the film that was like a spooky moment. And then we would go back to actual newspaper footage and it would go back and forth, but without letting us know which was which. And to me, the implication that based on a true story or in this case, based on the true story, um, is what this film said, that that we can just kind of like never know what's true or not. That to me is way more disturbing um, than anything we're watching in this film, because Ed and Lorraine have a very specific message and version that they have said they want communicated. That is not necessarily the version of events that everyone else agrees with. Um, and that's, and the films are not exploring that until the final like 30 seconds of each of the films. And that there's something about that disconnect that, that actually haunts me more than, Again,
1: Yeah, I was thinking, There's. I was thinking, I started thinking about that in the, when I was watching the, all the way back in The Conjuring mm-hmm. too. I was like, cause you, you're using the, it starts right away with the Amityville horror reference, and I'm just like, what even does true story mean at, at this point in yeah. yeah. here? It's just that you just put anything that any, any one person says, yeah. and that is just able to count as as true story now because we none of these things require the anything else outside of an individual's perspective on yeah. these situations yeah. and they don't they don't consider anything else for the vast majority of the films. Yeah. You're right until the very end and I was just like come on this feels yeah. a, this is it's a little irresponsible.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um which again might be the most interesting part about the Film. It is,
1: but it's not even like a thing that the film itself does no. is no. intentionally setting out to do. It's a byproduct of just like them, just like kind of like earnestly telling their story, which is exactly what they would want. That yeah. is exactly yeah. what the Warrens want. Yeah. So um, you're just yeah. playing That's... into this like post-truth yeah. narrative.
0: Yeah, it's it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's weird. To <laughs> the best just... <laughs> of my knowledge.
0: <laughs> to the best of my knowledge. This is the, I think this is going to be the end of like the Warren's narratives. Um, But this is, of course, probably not going to be the end of the
1: controversy. No, Uh, there's at least two other films as of right now in development, The Crooked Man and then an untitled The Nun Project. Mm -hmm. So there's a, those at least two more things that can come out. You know, Milk the Cash Cow. Yeah, I guess. I mean... Well, and no, I, I forget, it,
0: are these Blumhouse films?
1: Uh, mm, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Okay, I just
0: assumed, right, which is maybe unfair to me. Uh, sorry, Blumhouse. Um, <laughs> that, you know, if it was just continuing to uh, milk the cash cow, that it must be Blumhouse. But I think it's yeah, not. It's uh, not. Uh, it's not. Okay. But yeah, as long as you're making money, as long as you have people willing to see it, and, and there's a lot of people that really like these films, I think because they're safe right?
1: They are very safe. You know exactly um, what you're getting.
0: You know what you're getting? You get to be delightfully scared, but not tr- scarred. <laughs> and then there's something, there is merit in that. Sometimes I want a horror film where I'm just going to have a few jump scares and then I'm going to be like, oh good, now I can turn the lights off and not be afraid. Versus the films where I'm like, humanity is the worst thing ever. So, you know, yeah, there is some merit to having sort of the brain candy horror.
1: Um, you know, but it's just not either of our cup of tea. No. It's, uh, this is not this is not anything that I like in horror. That's why the only time, that's why I think I had a bit of a better time with this movie because I was a little bit more able to laugh at some of the sillier elements that they would go to yeah. on their side plots. I was like, all right, at least it's a little, at least it's entertaining. It yeah, never that slows is true. down. That is it true. just keeps going through. It's it's very quick. And so I was like, by the time we, were, we got to the third act, I was like, oh my gosh, we're already here. I can't, I can't believe that, uh, yeah. which, uh, I mean, speaks to how out of nowhere it comes to. Uh, <laughs> that is true. From, but, uh, you know, it it's fine. It's it's. If competent. you have HBO Max, yeah. I mean, you might as well.
0: Absolutely. And this will be our last eerie extra for a little while because there's not many mm-hmm. horror movies coming out uh, in June as there are, like, in July, it's, like every weekend there's a couple of them so yeah lots of eerie extras for you in july but yeah now uh we hope that you watch this um anthony do you want to tell them what they should do after they listen to this or watch this episode
1: well you can go ahead and check out our social medias uh and engage with us let us know what you think of the this film or and the rest of the films in the conjuring films you can either email us or just tweet or instagram message us directly we would love to hear from you, uh, and uh, you know, as always, uh, have a spectacular day! Yay! <laughs>